0: How's everybody doing today? Hey, turn to somebody and say, You look all Christmassy today. Could be because you're wearing red and white. Could be because you have a long white beard. Could be because you look like Mrs. Claus. Could be because you look like an elf. Could be a lot of reasons why, but you look Christmassy today. I even wore a little bit of a Christmas colored shirt. Hey, glad you're here today. And uh, just a, a light moment before we get into scripture today. Going to be reading in just a few minutes from Luke chapter 2. It is Christmas time, that time of year when uh, sights and sounds begin to change all around us. You see it here on our platform and throughout the lobby and the building in different places. I love Christmas time for a lot of reasons, which I won't go through today. But I love this time of year because people's hearts seem to soften a little bit. We become givers. But today I want to dive into the Christmas story a little bit, just a little bit. If you're going to preach the whole and teach through the whole Christmas story, I mean, it would take weeks and weeks and weeks. There's so much there. But I want to look today for a moment at the manger scene, a little bit of what we see here. This is a common thing that you see this time of year the manger scene. Some of you have got them in your home, we've got one in our home. Everyone's a little different, made of different materials, sizes are different. But it basically comes down to a stable with Mary and Joseph, with baby Jesus lying in a manger. With shepherds there and sheep, Uh, many of them will also have wise men there, and that's another story that we'll just touch on for a moment today. But I want to dive into this story. Now think about this. God is going to send his son to the world, and so he puts him there. What was he thinking? I mean, have you have you ever had somebody do something and you looked at it and you say, you say, well, what was he thinking? What was she thinking? I look at this scene and I ask the question, what was he thinking? And maybe today and next week we're going to dive into a few thoughts and maybe consider a little bit of what God might have been thinking. God sends his son to earth as a baby. What? what? why and the baby is born of a virgin well come on that's impossible and he's born in a barn in a manger well that's no place for God's son to be born and shepherds I mean shepherds they're just low-wage uneducated redneck workers that's all they are (laughs) and then later on I mean think about this if you have a manger scene at home, you got wise men. Wise men, as wise as these guys are, they're scientists, they're astronomers. These guys show up two years later. If they're so smart, why weren't they there on time? You, know, you think about all this stuff. What was God thinking? Let's begin and just look at a few things, perhaps. There were some simple messages God was sending then that can still speak to us today. So at our house on Christmas, before we sit down with all the kids and grandkids, open gifts, we always read the Christmas story because we want to make sure everybody understands what this time of season is about, this time of year. So let's look at Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read several verses. I'm going to move pretty quickly. They'll stay up with the pace in the back. And I will stop and make a couple of comments along the way. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. How many of you know that when they register you, that means they're going to send you a tax bill next, okay? (laughs) This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife. How many of you know they don't just tax you? They tax your wife, too. All right. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. Now, the scene's about to change. We've painted the manger scene, that first part of it at least. But now the scene's about to change, and look at verse number 8. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, a deliverer, who is Christ, the anointed one, the Lord, who is God, Lord, Master, Supreme. Verse 12. And this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was a with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. In the last verse, verse 16, and they came with haste And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Today I want to focus in on just one aspect of the Christmas story. One aspect of the manger scene that we have on the screen today. It begins with angels and shepherds and good news. Now, it's beyond my thinking to really understand why God would orchestrate all of this in this manner. Honestly, when I read that story, I always think, well, what was he thinking? He could have done it a thousand ways, but only God could come up with something like this. But with the simplicity of the manger scene, with the simplicity of the area out around Bethlehem on the hills and the plains you find that suddenly angels showed up to talk to shepherds. What a story. God sent angels to shepherds with good news, and we read through it, and I asked you to try to picture this story in your mind. But you see, some of us probably got it wrong because angels in Scripture are not sweet, pretty, feminine, singing cherubims who are flying around like this. They're actually large masculine warriors and they're usually on a mission. So all of a sudden, these shepherds out in the field and this angel shows up. He's intimidating and suddenly they fall into fear because they realize this is something a lot more powerful than we are. But immediately, this angel begins to calm them down and say, don't be afraid. I've got good news for you. You see, angels are not only warriors. Angels are also messengers with a message from God but on this night angels came from God with a message for shepherds some people would probably consider the shepherds in those days the bottom of the food chain they weren't fancy they smelled like sheep. their clothing was really simple Their lifestyle was simple. These shepherds are living away from home, living out in the fields, taking care of their sheep. In that day, many shepherds were nomads. But yet God sent angels to give them good news. When the good news came, first it was one And then it was a whole host, a whole band, a whole army of angels that suddenly showed up. And we, we always hear, well, this choir of angels. Scripture doesn't call them a choir of angels. It says it was a band. It was a regiment of angels. And they showed up. And instead of floating in the sky with their little wings singing, they begin to tell them good news because peace has come to earth. A Savior is born. then when they finish their message they ascend back into heaven what a story to consider but let's move a little bit further let's look at the message they brought they said we come to bring you good news but what is that good news what they said to the shepherds that night really comes in two pieces first they said a savior is born a savior is has come into the world. But he didn't just descend from heaven. He's been born through the womb of a woman. He's come here as a baby. Now most of us would think. Well if I was going to send a savior. If I was going to send my son. I certainly wouldn't send him as a baby. Because somebody's got to take care of him for a long time. Until he grows up. That was God's plan for many other reasons. But yet at this moment. They realize a savior has come from God, and he's been born into our world. So what does a Savior do? What does a Savior do? Well, in this case, a Savior comes to remove the obstacles that keep us from having relationship and peace with God. This Savior would come, as Scripture says, to save us from our sins. This Savior comes to move things out of the way so that we might know God personally for ourselves. And how is he going to remove these obstacles? He himself is going to carry them away. He himself is going to grab hold of them and move them out of the way so now we have access to God. Scripture is pretty clear that because of our sin, there was a great gulf between mankind and God. Man couldn't do anything with all of his efforts. Man could not span that gulf. But one day God looked down and said, I'll send my son to come and remove out of the way what's keeping you and me from having relationship. So God sent a savior. When the angel had appeared to Joseph earlier on to kind of calm him down when he found out his wife was pregnant, the angel told Joseph, Your son's gonna be a savior, and he's gonna save his people from their sins. Isaiah 53, one of the most popular and well known chapters in the Old Testament, isaiah saw it in advance and says, This babe would be wounded for our transgressions, he would be bruised for our iniquities. It says in verse 6 of Isaiah 53 that the Lord would lay on him the iniquity, the sin, the rebellion of all of us. And he would carry them away so that we could come into the family of God. He would come to be a savior. But not only that, Colossians chapter 1 verse 20, Paul said that reconciliation with God comes through the blood of the cross of Jesus Christ. See, what we find is there's good news. A Savior is coming. And He's going to carry the sins away from us. How many are glad today that Jesus has removed the sin from your life? Aren't you thankful for that today? We owed a debt we could never pay in a thousand lifetimes, but Jesus came to remove that out of the way. A Savior has come. But then, second of all, the second part of this message is. And all the angels say it together, peace on earth. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Some translations say goodwill or toward, good men with, toward men with goodwill. Peace has come to mankind. You see, the prophets have been talking about this for hundreds of years. I'll refer to a couple of prophecies in just a moment. But the, God would send his son as a savior who would carry away our sins, and when our sins are carried away, we could come into this place of peace in life. Micah chapter 5, Micah saw it. He said this son would be born in Bethlehem, and he was. But he said in verse 5 of chapter 5, and this one, this man, Jesus, shall be the peace. Jesus is our peace. Isaiah chapter 9 Isaiah said one of his names will be the very prince of peace. He has the authority to bring peace into our lives. But let me pause for just a moment. What is peace? What is real peace? Where does it start? Where does it begin? I want to tell you today, no matter what you're dealing with in your life, real peace begins... When we can stand in the presence of God and carry no guilt and condemnation for our sin. That's where peace begins. You see, without Christ, without a Savior, without someone to move our sins out of the way, to throw us in the presence of God, suddenly we would be overcome with guilt and condemnation, knowing that we don't measure up. But because of what Jesus did for us on the cross... That sin has been removed and God sees us as he sees Jesus and when we enter into his presence we see the smile of a loving heavenly father and we don't have to be afraid of God because Jesus has made peace for us. He's brought us peace. But that kind of peace comes at a price. It costs a lot. Isaiah 53, we mentioned it earlier. Isaiah said the chastisement, the punishment, the price that would be paid for our peace would be done by Jesus. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. Jesus paid a price, not only to save us from our sins, not just save us in it, but save us from the destruction of our sins. But once that is moved out of the way, we can now live with peace with God. Jesus came to purchase that on the cross. You know, there's a passage of Scripture in Psalms 85. I've known it for many years, and I, I rarely refer to it. But I love this passage of Scripture because it really tells us what happened through the cross of Jesus Christ. Psalms 85.10 says, mercy and truth have met together. You see, God's mercy could not be given to us because the truth was we had sin in our lives and we were far from God. That sin was there as a barrier that kept God from working in our lives and kept us from moving to God. But mercy and truth at the cross suddenly came together because God's mercy could come to us because the truth is Jesus carried our sins away. But it also goes on to say, not only have mercy and truth met together, but righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Because of our sins, we knew we were not righteous. Is there one righteous? No, not one. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, suddenly all of us can become the righteousness of God in Christ and righteousness and peace. Being able to stand in God's presence with no condemnation of sin, righteousness and peace meet together and they kiss. And you and I can wind up right in the middle of the smack because of God's love for us. That's the peace of God. Everybody wants to live a life of peace. Oh, if I could just have peace over this or this or this or this. Everybody wants to have peace, but you can't have the peace of God until you've made peace with God. That comes first. So who can have this peace? this is probably my favorite part of the message what we're coming to now oh i love the story wow what was god thinking I, I don't all the little details my my natural mind they don't all add up but i love this part of the message who can have this piece well, first of all shepherds can if you're at the bottom of the food chain If you feel like today, well, I kind of line up with the shepherds. I got good news for you today. God sent an angel to let you know that you can have peace with God through Jesus Christ. I don't care what's in your background. I don't care what you think of yourself, how lowly you might think you are, how insignificant you might be. Jesus went to the cross for you as much as he went to the cross for anybody else. then there's also the wise men you know I, I jokingly referred to the wise men a little bit earlier God did it in his timing and his plan but these guys came hundreds of miles after they saw a star in the sky now, now listen to me for a moment I don't care who you are where you come from if you have a desire to know God God will find a way to get your attention he'll speak to you in your language you see, he didn't send a star in the sky to the shepherds. I mean, he could have because they were sitting there looking at the stars in the sky every night. But that didn't get their attention. But to this astronomers, these, these guys who were watching the skies, these well-known, well-educated men, these prominent men, when they saw this new star in the sky, they began to study it and they discovered this is pointing us to the Son of God. So whether you're a shepherd. Whether you're at the top of the chain and you're well-educated and you've got a great education and a great lifestyle, maybe you've made a lot of money, maybe you've done well and made a name for yourself. I'm here to tell you today, you still need a Savior. And if you're looking for help, God will see to it that he puts a star in your life to guide you to Jesus. He'll do it. There's a story in the New Testament to understand the love of God. Wow. You know, God sends Jesus to the Jewish people. But the religious people especially, they didn't want anything to do with him. They rejected him. But one of the things that happened in Jesus' day was that there was this group of people who were called Samaritans. And the Samaritans, they were kind of like half-breeds in the eyes of the Israelis, Okay? They weren't really Jewish, but they weren't fully Gentile. But they were jealous of the Jews, and the Jews didn't like them. And this thing happened where the Samaritans stayed to themselves, and the Jews stayed to themselves, and they just didn't get together. Until one day, Jesus passes through this Samaritan town. He stops outside of town at a well, and he goes and sends his disciples into town to get some sandwiches for lunch. That's my imagination here, okay? It's not Scripture. (laughs) Sends him into town to get, sends him, said, going down there to a subway and, you know, get, a, get us some sandwiches. It's a setup. They go into town. Jesus is alone, and this woman comes to the well. Jesus begins to read her mail and starts a conversation. And the first thing you know, her heart's open, and she realizes, this man's special. This is the Son of God. This is the Savior. This is the Messiah they've been talking about all these years. So she goes into town and begins to tell everybody, And they come out to the well and they begin to ask Jesus questions and they say, why don't you stay with us for a couple of days? Now remember, the Jews avoided Samaritan areas. Samaritans didn't want the Jews there, but they invited Jesus to come and stay. I'm sure the disciples were saying, oh, no, 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 no. What are you thinking? We don't want to be here. But Jesus stays two more days And he shares with them his message, who he is, what he is, what he's come to do. And the Bible tells us that after two days that they begin to say, this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. See, I'm going to tell you today, you may have lived your whole life far, far, far from God. You may have come from a family that didn't even believe in God. You may be one who said, well, this all just happened because a couple of chromosomes came together and boom, things began to happen. Let me tell you something, there is a God who created everything and he loves you so much that he will send jesus to knock on the door of your heart and you'll realize this is the savior of the world and i need him i need him that's the message of christmas that's what god's trying to say to us today perhaps maybe maybe god was thinking for every lost soul rich poor prominent unknown Even the Gentiles, for every lost soul searching for life and peace, I'll speak to them and I'll get their attention in words that they will understand. Whether it's an angel, whether it's a star, or whether it's just the message of Jesus. And the last thing so, how do we have this peace? How can I have this peace? Acts chapter 2, in the beginning of the church, Peter preached a message, and in this message he referred to what God said way back in the Old Testament in Joel chapter 2, and he said the day is coming when God will pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, not just Jews, but Gentiles as well, all flesh, every man, every woman, every person, from every background, from every race, and every part of the world, God will pour out His Spirit. In this message, Acts 2, verse 21, I'm going to have it on the screen, says this, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Once you've met the Savior and that load of sin that separated you from God is moved out of the way, suddenly you'll begin to know the peace of God that passes all understanding. To you, to me, to any and all of the above we've talked about, God knows how to speak our language. Perhaps God was thinking, I'm almost finished, so stay with me. What was God thinking? Perhaps God was thinking, way back there, 2,000 years ago, Perhaps God was thinking on December 10th, 2023, people will be sitting in this building at the Bridge Church hearing this message, and I'm going to be speaking their language, telling them that I am willing to forgive their sins. I am willing to adopt them into my family. I am willing to slowly and patiently teach them my ways. I am willing to totally change their lives and give them life eternal if they'll just accept me and receive me. Whosoever will, whoever wants to respond to God's call, Can come. What a thought. If I could just break it down and make it real simple, it just might have been because God could do this. It just might have been that 2,000 years ago, God pictured you sitting in this building today and He knew your name and said, I want to get my message to them. So I'm going to use this messenger named Gary Martin to speak my words, to grab your heart in language you understand so that we can come into relationship together today. What a thought. Final thing, throughout all the scripture, throughout all of scripture, God makes promises and then God looks for a response of faith. Shepherds Got the message, but then they had to go looking in Bethlehem till they found Jesus. I don't know how many doors they went to, how many hotels, how many barns and stalls, but eventually they found the Savior because their faith caused them to look for God. The wise men went on a two year journey, it took them hundreds of miles, but they found Jesus. You see, with God, faith is a big deal. So therefore, Faith needs to be a big deal to me, too. So in closing today, I'm eventually going to pray two prayers, but number one, I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. You say, how do you know? I know the spirit of God when he's speaking to me. I know there are people sitting in this building today in this service and be sitting here in second service who've been sitting back at a distance, watching and listening and wondering, is there a place for me? After hearing this message today, you should know God has made a place for you. And today he's knocking on the door of your heart and you know this is my time. I need to respond to this. What do I do? You open your heart. You ask God to come in, take away your sins and bring you into relationship with him and he'll begin to do that this very moment. But he's looking for your faith. He's looking for your response. If I come and knock on the door of your home, I'm waiting for you to come. Open the door. God's knocking on the door today. Will you let him in? Bow your heads this morning. I wanna lead you in a prayer. I'm gonna ask everybody here to pray it with me today. I'm gonna give you one line at a time and there's nothing special about my words. There's nothing magic about that but I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer. You don't have to scream it but just speak it out loud and pray this prayer with me. It's not directed to me, it's directed to God. It simply says, God, I need you. So I'm gonna ask everyone in this house whether you know the Lord or whether today is your day to receive him, the Savior is here. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I need you. And I know you're knocking on my heart. You're calling my name. I recognize that you love me. So I'm responding to you today. Come into my life. I need you. Become the savior of my life. Take away my sins. Place me in your family. Change my life. I want to know you. I want to learn your ways. There's so much I don't understand. But I open my heart in faith. And I say, please come thank you for calling me thank you for receiving me i begin my journey now i ask this in jesus name amen 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 now we'll come back in just a moment because i want to give you some instructions if you prayed that prayer for the first time or if you've just been a long ways off from god on the run But I want to pray one more prayer because I know, I know the scripture, I know from my own experience. Once you know God and you know the peace with God, you can now have the peace of God. God does not want his children to live in fear and torment, worrying about what's happening next. That's not, not God's will for you. And I want to pray today because I know there are people in this room, you're struggling with different things. Let me tell you something, I'll get into this more next week. But God is here to be the answer to every need in your life that you can't meet for yourself. So I want to pray for you right now, okay? Father, across this building, there are people struggling with a lot of different situations. The enemies come with lies saying, you can't have this, you can't have that, you must have this, you must have that. Today I come against all those lies of the enemy and I blow them away and I command the enemy to just be quiet in Jesus' name. I come against a spirit of fear and I command a spirit of fear to depart out of this building and get your hands off of people's hearts and ears. I command that spirit of fear to go. God, I, I just ask right now that the peace we have with you will now come and flood our hearts. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Whatever you're dealing with right now, just give it to God and say, here, God, I give you this problem and I trust you to help me with it. I trust you to help me with it. Give me peace in Jesus' name. Father, we put it in your hands and we know it's the best place it can be because you're our source. You're our provider. We accept your help today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, last thing. We prayed that first prayer a couple minutes ago. If you ask Jesus to become your Savior and the Lord of your life today, it's a journey. That's just the beginning of the journey. A learning process begins. You'll begin to learn how to walk with God. We want to get you started on your journey. We have a little booklet we want to give you called The Next Seven Days. It's just simple reading to help you understand more about God's love for you and His plans for your life and His family. So we want to give this to you. When service is over, we'll have prayer teams at the front of the building. They're just everyday people like you and me. If you just walk up to one of these teams and say, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you right there, no strings attached. Now, If you've got questions you want prayer for something they can help you there as well if you want prayer for any other need these people are here to pray with you today but if you're in a big rush or maybe you're a little bit bashful and it's like i don't understand all this yet out in the lobby right in the middle of the glass doors where you exit we have a a table set up there they get the same booklet there it's got a sign overhead a, a screen that says next seven days There's some people there who'd love to put this booklet in your hand. It's just our way of saying, welcome to the family of God. We're here to help you in your journey of faith. Hey, God bless you this morning. We want to welcome you to the family of God. Can we do that right now? Now, I know the stampede has begun. I should never talked about the corral because the people are running through the gate as we about to leave today. Let me just tell you, I love you. I appreciate you. Zach shared it at offering time. Y'all are so amazing. Thank you for your faithful support. God bless you. Have a great Christmas season. We will see you next Sunday.